Get Up Nation. I hope you're enjoying the Get Up Nation podcast on www.anchor.fm. As a podcast host on over 20 platforms, I really enjoy how easy it is to use Anchor, how Anchor makes everything I need available in one place for free, accessible on your smartphone or desktop computer. Go to www.anchor.fm now. In case you didn't know, Anchor has creation tools that allow you to record and edit each episode. If you're concerned about the distribution of your hard work, don't sweat it because Anchor takes care of that too. If you're considering becoming a podcaster, I would highly recommend Anchor as your choice to begin sharing your content with the world. What up, Get Up Nation? My name is Ben Biddick, the host of the Get Up Nation podcast and co-author of Get Up, The Art of Perseverance with former Major League Baseball player and CEO of Lurong Living, Adam Greenberg. Recently on Get Up Nation social media, I had the honor of meeting a person who has experienced tremendous adversity in her life named Tiffany Annette Young. She is a pediatric cancer survivor and domestic violence survivor. Tiffany also survived cancer as an adult. Due to the effects of retinoblastoma cancer and its treatment at a young age, she was frequently viewed as different. After listening to how Tiffany endured and persevered through ridicule, bullying, illness, post-traumatic stress, and moments where she considered taking her own life, I'm honored she joined me on the podcast to share her journey. She shares how she has committed herself to using her experiences of adversity to empower others. She shares how she takes great satisfaction and a depth of gratitude from moments where the gift of her life has been able to influence the lives of others toward their fulfillment. She is a master of creating big impact through little acts because of how she sees. Although cancer threatened to rob her of her vision as an infant, she can see with clarity the depth and brilliance of everyone around her, regardless of their societal stature. She is truly making her life count and giving Get Up Nation a gift that helps us all to see how we can live a life of truly positive impact. It is with great honor that I share with all of you episode 53 of the Get Up Nation podcast. Good day to everybody. Thank you so much, Ben, for having me on. I appreciate it. Thank you for taking time out today to connect with me on the podcast. Will you share with Get Up Nation first the city you live in for those who will want to partner with you to do some good in the future after listening to your journey today? Sure, no problem. I live in the Austin Round Rock area. However, I'm currently going back and forth to the San Antonio, Texas area because that is where I grew up after being born and living in Germany throughout my childhood. Again, let me thank you for taking time to share your journey. You've endured tremendous adversity in your life. Would you share some of your experiences as a child as you faced the challenges associated with pediatric cancer? My cancer was a retinoblastoma found when I was just uh, two months old. And that was because my parents found something that was just interesting out of the many pictures that take us. And with that, they just fought multiple, multiple times overseas to try to get some type of help and were pretty much told, well, we don't see any of this until they started to send us back and forth over international waters to a lot of the military teaching hospitals. And it took a couple of months until anything was officially found. When the tumor was found, it was sitting right on the optic nerve. Retinoblastoma is still very rare. This was very scary. I know that this may seem weird, but we were always on military planes, you know, next to soldiers and unfortunately, you know, bodies and guns and all kinds of stuff coming back and forth to the state because we didn't leave Germany until I was nine years old. Having that surgery and having my parents have to make a choice of what they needed to do was scary for 
them because my parents were very young and had already been married and had already had a quote-unquote normal child, or a healthy child, I guess you would, you would say. And I am and have always still been the only person in the family that has ever faced cancer, let alone twice, but I've always been their kind of like interesting child. So with that, having the surgery and having them have to learn, especially as a parents in their early 20s in the 80s was definitely different and me being a child and having to remember all of these things was definitely different as well because I actually remember the trips and weirdly the surgeries that I would have to have even remember getting my first eye which like I said I was very, very, very young. I don't remember the exact age that I received my first eye, but I do remember having what I would call them would be bee cages <laughs> over my eyes, you know, even that young and the individuals that made my eyes and the struggles that you face, not only as a child, but as a family, the differences between how individuals in society see you and how you see yourself as a member of society, whether or not you want to accept yourself as different. And I never really picked up on the fact that that was special until I got older and started to work with individuals that were born with cancer. When you come into something as a child, you face certain adversity. These kids are kind of special. And that's one thing that I try to push on to families. You come into adversity even later on in life that you are different, but you aren't different. And that's one thing that I've learned myself. And that's why I stress the importance of civility and love and remembering that we're all one together. You never know what someone else is going through because I've always been different as a person. But I always remember you know, everything that has gone on and that is what has helped me be able to help others because I've been on all sides of being the patient and being the person helping. Yeah. So that's always been pretty interesting to me. The toll of cancer, and it's, sometimes mm -hmm. its treatments, are tremendous on the human body. And as a result oh, of yeah. this, you experienced a lot of abuse from peers during your youth because of differences you may have had from some of them. Will you share some of what you experienced and ways you persevered through these types of bullying and abuse in order to stay resilient, in order to stay the kind of person who isn't embittered by the experience? Exactly. Could you share some of that? Sure. One of the interesting things that I find about bullying and being different are labels. Some of the words that I've always called are nerd or, you know, things like that. But it's, it's funny because those are things that I embrace because I'm like, that's kind of awesome. <laughs> I'm not going to say that I did not struggle sure. because I did. I went through a very tough period of not really understanding. I always had to keep on certain protective gear to make sure that dust didn't fly up in my eye or things didn't hit my face and having to wear the, you know, go to the military optical and get the plastic glasses, you know, mm -hmm. um, they, they weren't very cute, <laughs> you know, to say the least. Um, <laughs> I mean, I got the color that I wanted, but they weren't very cute at all. <laughs> However, even though they made me happy, it was very tough because not only was I picked on, not just because of my weight, but because I was called all sorts of things because of my eyes, being called cross-eyed, one-eyed. 
I think the trauma that children go through, and very interesting, I remember having to go through a lot of back and forth and sometimes being rushed on military planes um, back and forth. I was diagnosed with PTSD when I was five years old. Mm. And that is something that I've struggled with all through my life on top of anxiety. I always try to uplift others and let them understand that I know what it feels like because words hurt. It's not just children that bully. Our children that say things, adults say things. I had to learn to be very strong with that. And I suffered through suicide and issues like that um, as a child. I was very lucky. I was able to finally reach out to my parents, but it took me a long time sure. to do that. I was glad that I actually did have someone to go to. It's hard as a kid. It's hard as a teenager. It's hard as an adult to have to live with something that people see as different and not normal. That empathy you possess, certainly which had you on the point of wanting to end your life, makes your voice powerful to those who may be in that place, who need to know that someone is there for them, that need to know that you can work your way through it and get to a point where you can find good in the world and within yourself and to not let those voices of shame or hate or cruelty start to formulate your own view of yourself. Would you agree? I very much agree. I very, very much agree. You know, it's actually funny that you say that because there was something that one of my friends sent me this morning, one of the individuals, actually, that along with, unfortunately, my brother, my older brother, <laughs> that made fun of me once, however, has known me ever since we moved to San Antonio, Texas, permanently from Germany. So this person has known me throughout my life and has seen the transformation in me throughout me being a kid and going through what I went through and then leaving, becoming a professional and continuing on and then leaving San Antonio and being in an abusive relationship, gaining more weight and going through cancer again. He said that you are just an inspiration. He said the thing that I appreciate you, about you, Tiffany, is that you have not lost you. You have not lost yourself. And he's like, I need to learn from you. And he's older than I am. But he said that you've always remained who you were. And he said, I admire about you and that everyone admires about you when they meet you. He said is that you are what people say that you are. He said that is the reason why when I tell people about you and I bring you into something, he said that People always come back to me and say, thank you, or, you know, wow, because you are exactly who you say you are. He said, I have to apologize. He said, because when we're younger, we don't know any better. He said, but you've always been the same person. Don't judge others on what they do know and what they don't know. I just try to do my best to help and uplift when I can. And then they myself, because I know that I have been through a lot, but I don't know anything other than that. I don't know anything other than adversity. So if what I'm doing can help somebody else, then that's what I'm going to do because that's my mission. People have a lot of concepts of what wealth is, about what it is to be rich. And yeah. the way I see it is you are a wealthy person who has has experienced so much adversity and and uh -huh. been through so much experience from the, from the get-go, from the, the very beginning, from birth. 
you have had adversity upon adversity upon adversity. And as you navigate these things, you become a light to others and you see the power that comes. Certainly it's not easy. Yes, as, as adversity happens, no one's perfect to, to just welcome it and say, well, I'm going to learn from everything and it's all going to be rosy. And it's a, that's not what adversity is. It's, it's, it's pain. It's frustration. It's yes. struggle. It's being overwhelmed. It's being to exactly. the point where it's all the things that make people uncomfortable and resort to the name calling terms. It's, it confronts the reality that we are not permanent upon this earth, that we do come and go, that, that we have our moment of life and, and pass on, that, that our moments of life are not all going to be driving luxury cars, being movie stars, and, and that in this life, this life has so much more to offer than some of those easily distractible pursuits that oftentimes we get distracted from the reality of how important it is to show empathy, to connect with people, to empower people who are suffering, to alleviate suffering, to have that insight and perspective on life is the foundation of living a life of power and true wealth where you do give people hope, where you give people in a very painful place the ability to get up, the ability to face that agonizing, overwhelming, painful moment and to keep going and recognize their beauty in that moment or their power in that moment where maybe people who are distracted by these temporary things miss the importance of our connection or our civility, the ability of, of, of seeing those tremendous things that happen to us as opportunities. So I just view you as a person who is is so wealthy and who is so inspiring and who, in my opinion, it's people like you that should be on the cover of magazines so that we can learn from your wisdom and so that we could levy our resources into places that they're truly needed so that we can have a more satisfying experience. You mentioned in our prior conversation that music is important to you. Oh, that, very much so. That you're a very gifted uh, musician. Will you share some of how music has helped soothe or inspire you as you were dealing with so much so early? Oh, wow, yeah. <laughs> In Germany, we only had so many channels, <laughs> you know. <laughs> and whatever my grandparents would tape and send over and whatever we would get, I either had Voltron or Smurfs or, <laughs> or whatever came across the Access TV or whatever we had on base. So with that, there was always this channel. They always had classical singing. And I would sit there, and I think I was four or five years old, and something started to happen. I remember I would just mimic whatever was going on on TV. I remember one day, my parents kept noticing that I started to sing like these people. And they didn't really pick up on it too much until we would come back and forth for treatment, be me and my mom in uh, San Antonio. Someone had picked up on the fact that, well, she can actually carry a tune. So I started singing gospel music when I was about eight years old. And they just sat me in front of an organ. And I just started playing. That's when someone at church said, well, we'll pay for her to have piano lessons. Well, because we were living in Germany, we ended up just buying a little keyboard and some books. And I taught myself how to sight read. We moved to Texas. Since there, it was kind of like a weird experience because when you move and 
you're used to one type of culture and you're like kind of dumped into this whole <laughs> universe, I absorbed all types of music, took my mind away from everything going on, like bullying and being different and having to be in hospital, being bored. I would just sing. And I would just listen to music, but I would listen to all types of music. I mean, I, I love everything. I began to find my niche in opera and classical music. It gave me the confidence in myself to come out of my shell. Music became part of a therapy for me. There was this thing here in San Antonio called Our Part of Town, and they did it every year. One year, I decided to let all my nervousness go and compete. And all of a sudden, I just kept winning and winning and winning and winning. And I ended up winning, and I sung opera. And that was the first time anyone had ever sung opera. And now, <laughs> after that, everybody decided to do it like an opera singer every year. And so now everyone hates me. <laughs> so, <laughs> it actually became pretty funny. But now everyone remembers the young girl because after that, I was able to tell a lot more people about, okay, well, guess what? The, the individual that you saw up there was born with cancer. And at the time, I was in AmeriCorps, and I was a program director for them. And I worked with individuals that were at risk. So I was able to get out a message. And to me, that's always been very cool. I've learned that through putting myself out there, it's touching people. You find a way to help someone else. You learn how to help someone else. You face a number of challenges. You mentioned that you are a survivor of domestic violence. Will you share a little bit about how important it is to value yourself and who you are as you seek to live a life free from abuse and to experience healthy relationships? Of course. I was honestly ashamed of myself, uh, which is a lot of the reason why I did not say anything to my family for a long time, even though there are uh, medical professionals in my family, there are police <laughs> officers in my family. One thing that I have noticed is that I'm unique, but I'm not unique. It's interesting how that opens up people to coming to you and saying, well, this is what happened to me. I thank you for doing this because this has given me the extra courage to try harder and love myself more. Um, because it's hard to get out and tell people, well, this is what happened to me because I shut my own life down for about nine years. I had to deal with what I had to deal with and then unfortunately found myself getting sick and got cancer and had to deal with these bills. But knowing personally that I was a strong person just within myself and whether or not anyone was telling me or feeding me anything about myself mentally or emotionally, I was not going to let that get to me. And I know that that is a hard thing to process because I see it all the time. I see it online all the time. I hear it all the time. People always saying, well, I don't know why you just don't get out. You honestly get scared. You get scared for yourself. You get scared for the other person. And you know that you know better. It's one of those situations where 
you won't know unless you go through it. And I'm not saying um, individuals that have not experienced this type of um, situation won't ever be qualified to lift somebody else up or be there for un- other individuals because there are. I, I've seen a lot of professionals that, you know, can help, but there's a certain type of closeness in others that have had to go through some similar situations that understand men and women because there are a lot of men, unfortunately, that go through these types of situations because I've seen it and I've had to help that. You just cannot let yourself be buried. One thing that I always stress is if you need to be down and cry, I'll cry with you. I've cried with people because I will do it. <laughs> and sometimes I, I need it too. That also hurts me that people go through these things. But I love the fact that people feel close to come to me about these things. But also, if you're going through something, processing it and understanding that you are worth it is the first step to understanding that you can keep moving. I'm sorry, I'm like getting chills myself because I know where I've been. I've sat in closets figuring out what am I going to do. I don't know if I'm going to make it, but I knew that I'm going to get up. (laughs) You know, I'm going to do this because I can, because I know I will. Not because somebody's depending on me, but because I'm I'm going to do it for myself. Mm. Because there's somebody out there that's going to hear my message. There's somebody out there that's going to see that I did it and that's going to benefit. And that's what moves me to show people that you can do it because you're going to make a difference in somebody else's life, whether that person is in your family is a friend, is a loved one, and are just a person on the street. So, yeah. You are doing so many positive things. The adversity you've gone through has helped create that drive within you uh, to not only take on your personal challenges, but to take on, in an empathetic way, the challenges of others. You achieve richness in your life by knowing that you have a voice and that you can help others. And by finding the places that actually need help, finding the individuals that are struggling and seeing where you can help them. And to me, that's what gives me fulfillment. When we talked before, you mentioned getting a handwritten thank you letter from a person who could not have written that letter without your help. Will you yeah. that story? Oh, my gosh. Yeah, one of the things I've done is help individuals get GEDs. I had an individual, we worked together. One thing that we had worked on, and I'm just smiling right now because I'm just thinking about the letter, and I wish that I had it so I could read the whole thing. But we went through all these words, and he had wanted to get his GED. He had kind of lived a life of being told that he couldn't. He had been in jail multiple times. We just started at square one, just reciting words. He would always come with his flashcards, and it was something that he always kept in his pocket. He walked to the technology center every single day, and for him, that was huge. That was absolutely beautiful. He ended up getting a mechanical certification, and he is actually here in San Antonio an electrician, and he has been an electrician for 12 years. That's great. What was wonderful about it is that I am still friends with his family and at this moment, and he wrote me a letter. He never would have been able to write this letter at all, and it was just beautiful 
Even though at the time there were a few little mistakes, you have to understand I was 18 at the time. He's like three times my age. But for him to do that was powerful for him. For me to see that that was something that I think everyone in their life needs to feel and understand. And I know most people would think you change someone's life. That's a yeah, but to be able to have that type of feeling of joy to me is creating a friendship and helping shape the world. You know what I mean? And what I received from him was not only just a thank you, but a letter that included some of the interesting words that we would talk about, like graciousness and knowledge. For an individual that has been always passed over or pushed through for system to system to system, that was amazing. It blows my mind. Just recently, like literally within these past couple weeks, another thing happened where I helped somebody else that has been, and that I've personally seen go through a lot. Now they're working at one of the hospitals here in San Antonio, and they sent me all of their paperwork from start to finish. I mean, even the welcome letter, oh my God, I just, I cried, and they said, thank you for believing in me. You have to understand, when you get stuff like that, think to yourself, okay, thank you. Like, you're saying thank you to the universe, because for this person, this wasn't a job, it's a career, and it's changing their life. So it changes my life, and makes me feel just amazing. It's just, oh gosh, because I know what this person has been through. Right. You know? Right. It's, it's just crazy because this literally just happened within this past two weeks. Right. Tiffany, I always on the show with six questions to help my listeners understand the why within my phenomenal, okay. my phenomenal guests. Are you willing to okay. run, run through these six quick questions with me? Let's go. All right. Who are you thankful for today? I am thankful for my parents. They have shaped me into the woman that I am today. They gave me a lot of knowledge and a lot of help and a lot of push to just be myself and to be strong, but they didn't hold my hand, which was always very, very encouraging because they they let me fall and they let me get back up. And now that we've covered who you're thankful for, what are you thankful for today? I am thankful for my ability to get up every day and do what I love and be able to help and just be able to just be myself. How do you fuel the fire within you? I just keep moving. One of my uncles said to me the beginning of this year, he's also my godfather and he's also one of the ones that was on the surgical team when I was a baby at Dampsey when I had my, my surgery for my eye. He said, you are looking wonderful. He said, I'm so glad that you decided to get up and rebuild. He said, you've always been a wonderful person. He said, and you've always been smart. He said, I'm so very proud of you. He said, this is what you've always done. This is what you're made to do. You inspire people, and I love you, and you bring light. And that's what you're going to keep doing. And he said, you just keep doing it. So I have a purpose, and I know that's what I'm going to continue to do. What is one thing that adversity taught you to value? My life. My life. 
I'm not going to let anyone take away my life at all. And what are you doing today you never thought you could? What are you going to do today to get up or help someone else to get up? To use the pain you felt to empower someone else or to ensure that the brilliance within you is not ignored or abandoned, but put to good use in the moments that you've been given. <laughs> 